Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning as we come together and worship God through song, through studying his word. If you'll please join me as we come together and sing and stand if you are able. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glory. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. There's pain in the offering. Blessed be your Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away.
And good morning. Welcome. And so we, we are glad you're here, glad that you're online with us. We, we've come to, to worship uh, the one whose name is Blessed and the one who makes a, a difference in our lives and uh, the one who not only can hear our requests, but he can answer our requests above and beyond what we ask. And so that's why we go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, we have a lot to pray for. We have a prayer list here at church. And, and so I think many of you get that. The, the, the prayer list comes out tomorrow in an email. And uh, there's a lot of requests on there, a lot of requests for salvation, a lot of requests for people to reconnect, and requests for health concerns and other concerns. And so if you're here and you have a prayer request that you would like, write it down and, and either hand it to me on your way out or put it in the offering plate that's on your way out. If you're online, just message the church page, and we'll put that prayer request on that and, and know that others are praying. That's the beauty of that is that, that my name's on that list, okay? And, uh, and you're praying for me, and so I appreciate that. And so that's what we want to do because you can't fix my problem. I can't fix my problem. God needs to be at, at work in that midst, and that's how we need to address that. Now, I can't save anybody. There's a long list of people that need need to know Jesus Christ as a Savior. I can't do that. God can use me to present the gospel, but I, didn't, I can't die on the cross for you. Jesus did that. And so those are, those are great reminders as we go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to pray. I'm going to lead us in prayer. All of you have something on your heart. You have a, a, a concern. I've heard you talking today. You had concerns. And so I, I want to pray for those concerns. So when I'm praying... Lift them up together to God. And you, know, you look around and there's a lot of people. Did you, you, you take your turn, I'll take my turn. No, God can hear if you all shout at the same time. And, and I don't know how he does it um, because I, I can't hear all the requests. I have to take them one at a time. And so, but God can and God can answer. And, and just the idea that there are other churches doing the very same thing at this very same moment. And they might be doing it differently, but they're going to pray to God. And they might be taking prayer requests from the pews, but they're, uh, they're doing that and God can hear. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And as we, and when we finish, I'm praying that God would draw us closer to him through the songs and through the message. Because, again, it's not enough for us to come and entertain. We want to come and sit down with God and learn more about him and be drawn closer to Him. And then walk out of here serving Him better than we did when we walked in. Father, thank You for this day. Thank You for the opportunity to come before Your throne. Father, to lay down our requests and our burdens. Father, I'm reminded so often we try to take care of them ourselves. We try to fix what's broken. And Father, we should bring it to You first. Father, I don't know if we're bringing it to you first or last at this point. But, Father, I pray for the requests that are on the hearts and minds of the people that are here, that are watching, that will watch. Father, I pray that you would hear their requests. And, Father, answer. And, Father, I pray that they would see your hand at work. And, Father, in doing so, that it would remind them to continually bring their burdens and their cares their dreams before you, Lord. And Father, to, 
to lay that before you and to seek you out. And Father, follow your direction. Father, pray that as we come this morning, as we come to meet with you, Father, we'd be drawn closer to you. Father, that we would be fed, we would be equipped, and Father, that we would go out and be your servants in our own mission field. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand if you're able and join me as we continue to sing and worship God through song. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. My God is mighty to save, he is mighty to save forever, the author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the Take me as you find me, all my fears and failures, fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in, now I surrender. He is mighty to save forever, the author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. The author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. 
Oh, how 
grace draw near and bless your day. Good morning again. We are in 2 Corinthians 6 chapter. 2 Corinthians 6 chapter. So as we followed through the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul's writing this and he's defending his apostleship. He's defending his authority. He's defending his teaching. And we're kind of getting closer to the end of that portion of the letter that does that before he moves into some other topics that he wanted, wants to address as he, again, prepares to come and see them. So as we walk through this, we're going to take a kind of a bird's eye view of the sixth chapter. I'm sitting there thinking about that. The sixth chapter has some verses in it that you remember, and it has verses that I remember from a long time ago the preacher's using kind of in and of themselves. We're going to put them all together. All right? We're going to put them all together, and I hope that when we do that that you'll kind of see what Paul is moving towards, at least what I understand Paul is moving towards, the idea and the concept that he's looking for. So you have, you're wondering, what in the world have I got here? I have this, this sign. It says, Welcome. And uh, we set this outside from time to time and to kind of let you know what door to come in. And it's supposed to slide right down on top of that little peg. And it says, Welcome. You all are, are welcome here. You're welcome this way, too. And so... Um, you know, th this is how this works. Now, the reason I brought this up here, because I want to ask you the question, what influences you? Okay, I want you to think about that. What, what influences you? Who influences you? What influences you? Who influences you? I could use the old illustration of the clear water in a cup, and I could use food coloring. That's what influences about. It, it, it's something that, that moves you one direction or another. The reason I brought this up, one, it's a lot bigger, and if I spill this, it won't damage the carpet. So... So th this, when we set it outside, the wind will move it. Sometimes the wind moves it too much, and it falls down. But the wind moves this. I want you to think about the influence. I, I, as I was sitting here, even as we were singing, I'm thinking about that question. And, and how many of you have seen a little, little kid with, with Batman clothes on? Right? What happens there is, why, do, why are they wearing Batman clothes? Because they watched something with Batman in it. They watched something with Batman in it, and it influenced them. And so they're wearing Batman clothes because they want to be like, it might be a t-shirt with the bat, Batman symbol on it. 
All right, but it's that kind of thing that they would do. We're parent, are we offline? Are we, or we're offline? Okay, so now, now I can say things that Facebook won't censor me for. <laughs> we're, we're not going to go there. But we're, we're going we're gonna to wait for them to bump back up for the Scripture. But I want you to think about that, the idea of what, does, what moves you in what direction? What moves you in what direction? It may be a Batman movie. Okay, it may be a Batman movie or, or something else that you're watching, something you're reading. It may be what you're watching in, in the form of the news or what you're reading or something like that. It may be the people that you're hanging around. They tend to put an influence on you. They tend to put an influence and drive you towards that. We send our kids off to school and we wonder how come they come back and say the things they do or do the things. What happened? They got friends at school. And then they decided they would act like their friends. They would mirror the friends. We have done that. Okay, we have done that. We, we do those same kind of things. As a preacher, I suspect I could watch a really good preacher and then try to be like that preacher. That's a possibility. That's a possibility. So, all right, now we're back up and on screen. And if you're on, he's going to come back down and reset the camera. So this is another little commercial break. So... And thank these guys that that didn't give up and, and make this happen. There's somebody on the yeah. Will I look better this time? <laughs> I I don't know if you noticed, but we went from a round camera to a, a, a skinnier camera, and it's it's made me skinnier. <laughs> if it were all that simple, right? All that was simple. So as we walk through this, that's the thing I want you to think about. What, what influences? Let's read this. We're going to read the entire chapter. It, it's 18 verses. I know it sounds like a lot, but they're short verses. So let's pick it up here in the sixth chapter, verse 1. And working together with him, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says... For he says, at the acceptable time I listened to you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no cause for offense in anything so that the ministry will not be discredited. But in everything, commending ourselves as servants of God in much endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, in distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger, in purity, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness, for the right hand and the left, by glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, regarded as deceivers and yet true. As unknown, yet well-known, as dying, yet behold, we live as punished, yet not put to death. So sor as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing all things. Our mouth has spoken freely to you, O Corinthians. Our heart is opened wide. You are not restrained by us, but you are restrained by your own affection. Now in like exchange, I speak as to children, open wide to us also. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. 
Or what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. There's a lot of stuff in that passage. I love the way that it closes up, that invitation to come to God and Him to be a father to us. What a, what a, uh, a great way that Paul puts that in place. Now I want to go back to the beginning. This is a quote out of Isaiah 49.8. Excuse me, 49.8. And it's the idea of now. The idea of now. So Paul is appealing to them. He's talked about this ministry of reconciliation, and then he's moved into this, uh, this passage of Scripture, this thought there where, he, where actually he wants them to respond to the message. He wants them to respond to the message. So now is the time to do that. And I will tell you that, that the preacher that I grew up under, the one that I remember having the influence, the one that, that I was underneath of when I, was, I received the call to preach, he would use this scripture from time to time, use Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and he would use this one. Now is the time. And it really truly is. We can, I could use that today. Now is a time for us to respond. And I say that because I talked about the skinny camera. Now, remember, here's the idea. The concept behind that is, is this, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get, get in better shape, right? When am I going to do that? I keep thinking that I'm going to do that. I keep intending, uh, we, you know, if I decide to go through either the radiation or the surgery, it would be, a, a, when I talk to my oncologist, he says, well, you're in pretty good shape, you ought to be able to endure it. I'm thinking, you think I might be in pretty good shape, but I know that I can be in better shape. And that means that I need to do something, like get out and walk or do some kind of exercise and, and not sit on my couch and eat bonbons, right? And so, so let, me, let me ask you the question, you know me. How far do you think I walked yesterday? Do you think I went out and exercised yesterday? Yeah, yeah, you guys know me too well, right? No, he's right. So when should I start getting in shape for this? Now, right? So okay, I'll move. All right, so, so, so you get the idea. Now is the time that I need to do that. I was in, in high school. We had this lovely little lady who taught us. I had to take a class, and I decided that... that personal typing or something like that would be the ideal thing to take. It wasn't the typing course where they took the, the letters off the keys. I'd already been through that with music. When they took the colors away, it didn't work. So I want letters on the keys. And so I took this class. And, and this little lady, she, she, she loved me, and she taught me a new word. And so I walked into class one day, and she said, you're, you're a procrastinator. I am. I can't even spell it, okay? Man, that's way too many keys on the keyboard, right, to type up. I, I thank her now because I can type pretty good on my, on my laptop. I can do that because it started way back then. But I learned this whole new word. You know what procrastinate means? 
Most of you do. Some of you guys are looking at me like, I don't know what it is. If you don't know what it is, you probably are guilty of it. It means putting off something that you need to do now. That's the idea. And so when Paul is talking about their spiritual condition, when is it the right time for you to get your spiritual condition with God in order? Now. Let me ask you the question, how often do we put that off? I'm going to start praying in the morning when I get up, or I'm going to start reading in devotion. I'm going to start doing the have you reads. And then what happens? You get up the next morning and you don't do any of that. And we put it off. We, we, we delay that. We have good intentions, but we don't actually put it to work. And so as Paul opens this up and the, the body of what he's going to talk about, it's the idea of the urgency of that. We need to get that done now at this point. Don't delay that. We want a relationship with God that's the best that it can be. It means that we need to start working on it little by little. I need to start exercising. We need to start spiritually exercising. Start with a little prayer, but start doing that because now is the time to do that. Now is the time to do that. So Paul is working through this idea. Remember, they have rejected Paul. Somebody's came along and said, that, you know, Paul, maybe you shouldn't listen to Paul. That's the common way that we do things then and we do now. Instead, what we do is we cut at somebody else who's in a position that we would like. We look at Paul and look at everybody adores Paul. Well, if I can dethrone Paul, it's the king of the hill kind of mentality. I can take him down by saying bad things about him or bringing into question who he is and what he does or his motivation behind that. I can take him down and then I can be on that pedestal. I can have that position. So Paul walks through this with the idea of embrace us. I mean, that's what Paul's been walking through as he's defending who he is and what he's doing. It is the idea that... To you know, I'm just going to put it in this term, the idea of embraces. We've opened our arms, open our, your arms to us, that idea of embracing them. He has done all of these things. That's what I look at. Look at what Paul did. <laughs> look at what Paul did. When you walk through all of that, the beatings, the imprisonments, somebody thought Paul had a glamour job. Somebody thought Paul was a modern-day preacher and only, only worked two hours a week. You know, and, and, and so Paul wants to set the record straight. I golf all day yesterday week. But anyway, he, Paul wanted to set the record straight. And, and, and I've done all of this stuff in everything, commending ourselves, everything that he was doing, the dealing with... If your job included being thrown in prison and beaten to death, and Paul's going to talk about this a little bit more late, a little bit later in the letter with a little bit more detail. Paul's just kind of glossing over all these things. You look at that list. Near death, etc. Would you sign up for that job? Paul did that. Is you know, there's a question of his motivation. What's Paul getting out of it? All of this stuff. Not all of it's good. That's all the stuff that he's getting because why? Because he cares about these people. Because, as we talked about last week, he's compelled with the love of Christ. If Christ was willing to give his life, Paul is also. 
He's willing to go that distance to make this happen. Paul's saying, look at all that we have done for you. You need to embrace us. You need to, to take us in. You need not to push us away because that's what's happening right now. Paul is, Paul is reaching to a people that have begun to push him away. I think as Paul talks, I think of often how God had to deal with us. When you look at the nation of Israel and their wanderings and so forth in the Old Testament, what, what do we find? We find them pushing God away and replacing God, the living God, with idols made out of men's hands that couldn't answer anything. They are good for collecting dust and occupying space. They cannot do anything. But yet God did all this for, you know, God was the one who delivered them out of bondage and brought them into this promised land. And yet when they get there, what do they do? They push God aside for the idols that couldn't protect the land. And so when I see Paul mirroring that, it reminds me of, of, of that very thing. It reminds me to ask that question. As I look at this, Paul is asking the Corinthians to embrace him. To embrace him. I, I think of my relationship with God because I know there are times when I do the same thing the Corinthians did to Paul. I do that to God. Think about that. Now, as we talk about what Paul did, Here's the, 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 the bottom line on there is builds up. Do you understand what Paul was doing? Paul wasn't building up an empire for himself. He was seeking to build up disciples of Christ. He was seeking to draw them out of the world and into a vibrant, living relationship with a living God. They'd never been able to experience that. They, they were living in a land that worshipped a lot of gods. But guess what? You can't have a living relationship with something that's dead. And so God, Paul is doing everything that he can to bring them into this relationship. He's doing everything that he can to build him up. And that's why when we take that turning point in verse 14, we're going to see that, what, that, that term build up is going gonna, is gonna to help us understand what he's talking about. The idea of don't embrace. Don't embrace. The idea of being unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, I will say that, again, I've heard this used. Matter of fact, as I was reading through one of my commentaries, it said the same thing that I was thinking. I've heard this in reference to marriage. And, you know, the, the ideal relationship is for both to be believers. But... If it's not, you know, because there are times when, when revival happens and, and the wife gets saved or the husband gets saved and, and you don't, well, i got to kick you out because you're not a believer. You know, you go home and you make an influence. That's what needs to go on in those kind of relationships. So when I look at it in the context of Paul speaking to the people in light of the rejection that he's faced, and it's not just the reject, it's not a personal rejection. The rejection problem is what they've replaced Paul with. They've replaced Paul with somebody that's not building them up, that somebody that is out for the position, somebody that is out for their own interests. And so Paul says, embrace us. Don't embrace the unbelievers. Don't embrace the darkness, the idols, 
that which stands contrary to the word of God. Don't embrace the unclean. And he uses that term, the idea, he uses again the Old Testament reference to come out from those people and to be different, to be God's people. When you look at the Old Testament history again, sorry for going back to the Old Testament, but I love it. The idea is that when God brought in the people of Israel out of slavery and had redeemed them, and brought them into the promised land, and, and the nations that surrounded them all served dead ice. God wanted to use the nation Israel to shine a light, to be an influence. The problem was they became influenced by those that they were supposed to influence. And they began to bring in the idols and the idolatry and, and practice it, and that's the, the, the end was felled by what they did. Instead of embracing God and the teachings of God, they embraced what they shouldn't have embraced. And it ended up costing them. And Paul speaks in that same kind of terminology. When you talk about it, we talk about influence. Every, the, the, the unbelievers, the darkness, the idolatry, the false teaching, all of those things have an opportunity to influence you. They have a bearing upon you. They have a bearing upon you. So what Paul's saying is, Paul's not saying, and so understand this, Paul's not, we can't go to a, we're not, he's not asking us to go to a monastery or some island and remove ourselves from the unbelievers. Because somebody who was living a Christian life had an influence on you and on me that brought me to where I am. If it wasn't for that person living in a world where I lived with a bunch of other people living in the darkness, if they hadn't been a light in there, I would have never known Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So he's not asking to remove us. What he's asking is that you be the influencer instead of the influenced. He's asking you to push away from the things that destroy you and tear you down rather than build you up. Embrace what builds you up. Embrace what builds you up. Push away from that which destroys you. Push away from that which destroys you. That's what he's, what he's asking us to work on. I, I think that sounds simple enough, doesn't it? We understand what builds us up. And Paul is talking of himself. I'm here to build you up. And you understand the things that destroy you. If you get a real picture of that, you ought to walk away from what's tearing you down, what's feeding you lies, what's moving you away from God, and move towards that which moves you closer to God. As Paul writes this, it's a lesson for us. It's not so much a lesson about us embracing Paul, but embracing what Paul represented. And that was the gospel message that he was given. That was a message that we needed to be right with God. We needed to have a relationship with God. We needed to quit persecuting Him and follow God and serve God with all that we had and be ministers of reconciliation, not just keep it for ourselves, but share it with the world around us. And so as I look at that, it's a lesson for you and I in today's world. What we need to do is embrace 
the Word of God. We need to embrace the teachings from the Scripture that teach us the truth. And what do we need to not embrace? What do we need to walk away from? What do we need to be aware of and understand that it, it pretends to give us benefit? It pretends to build us up, but it really doesn't do that. It really doesn't produce the results that it promises. It doesn't make life better because it takes us further away from God. So what, when we're talking about this, it's the influence of the unbelieving world. It's the influence of the darkness of the world that's pounded into our lives. How do we understand what it is and put up that barrier so that we can live in it but not be of it? How can we be the light shining in the darkness instead of something that's getting covered with mud and pretty soon our light's not shining? That's the question that we need to ask ourselves as we walk through this because that's what Paul's seeking. He's seeking for you to seek things out that build you up and push away from things that tear you down. So here are the action steps that I want you to take this week. What do you need to do now? And that's not about the exercise for your body. That's a good thing. But I want you to think about your spiritual condition. What do you need to do now to make that better than it is today? What do you need? And, and that means the, the old hat thing. Here's the highlights of what you're doing. Here's what you're going to do, the action steps. And you know what the T is? It's the time. Because if you don't set a time, you don't set a date, you don't set an hour, guess what? You always put it off because something else comes in there. You only do the eight. Here's what I'm going to do. And then we never put a time on it. We never, ever get there. And so what we've got to do is put a time on it. What do you need to do now? What builds you up? I learned this lesson. We walked through a book. Um, our, um, our preaching group walked through a book a couple years ago. And it was a minister who dealt with burnout. He was one of these guys that flew on planes and spoke all over the place. There were great lessons in there about burnout. And one of the things that we took away from there was what, 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 what tears you down and what builds you up. And so that's what I'm asking you today. Put it in that terminology. And that's exactly what Paul put it in. What builds you up? God's Word builds you up. Reading the Scriptures, the devotionals, they build you up. One another builds you up. When I look around the room... And, I, I, you know, you guys are together. This is the kind of company you need to hang out with believers from time to time. You're going to hang out with unbelievers, guaranteed. But you need to make it a practice to hang out with believers so you can begin to share your burdens. How do you deal with people when they say this or when they do that? How do you deal with that? You need, you need one another. We need to walk together. You know, God didn't call Moses out of Egypt and let him plant a country by himself. He drew out a nation so they could come together. God calls a church so we can come together and work together. So look at one another and think about how you can build somebody else up. Might be another action step to add that. What, what builds you up and how can you build somebody else up? How can you build somebody else up? The last is what's tearing you down. Look around and decide what's tearing you down. What's bringing you from the place that God wants you to be, from the person that God wants you to be, and is taking you 
in the wrong direction. Could be a, a litany of things. Might be that you need to unplug from some things. Might be that you not, not participate in all the conversations. Whatever it is. Because what we want to be is what Paul wanted to be, and that's the best that we can be for Christ. We need to seek that out. And so that, just a, this, just a little checklist, start writing down things. What, you know, the, the, the terminology, what drains you, what drains you spiritually. What tears you down, start writing those things down. Take an inventory in your life. Take an inventory of those people, of those things. When you read that devotion, by that just really, you know, when you read God's Word, you know that it makes the day better. When you pray, you know that it makes the day better. Write those things down and make a decision that you're going to have more of these in your life than these. We want you to be a light. You're going to have to live in the darkness. You're going to have to live among the, the non-believers. But let's be the influencer instead of the influence. We're going to pray. And I'm going to, what I want to do is open this up for invitation. That means you guys get a chance to respond. And you can respond where you're at. God can hear your prayers from where you're at. But as we talk about what builds you up, there are times when you watch somebody else make a decision to follow Christ. They've made a decision to pray for a lost friend. They've made a decision to pray for the situation they're in. And that too motivated you to do the very same thing. So I don't want you down here for show, but I want you to know that sometimes when you make a move to respond to what God is doing, that there's a possibility that God is going to use the back of your neck, the back of your head to inspire somebody else to make that move. It's as simple as that. You, you can, like I said, you can do it where you're at, but God may be moving you to do that. God, God may be moving you to to join the church, God may be moving you into ministry, whatever it might be. I want you to respond to that. I know that, and, and I'm going to say this, I've sat in the pew and God has moved me. It didn't use anything the preacher did, but he's been working through me all week. And so I want you to know that it's okay to respond to what God has been working on you all week. You didn't have to do anything with what I was doing. My feelings will not get hurt. I'm going to rejoice that you're following where God wants you to go. So let's stand. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to begin the invitation, and I want you to get a jump start on making your life right with God. Father, we come to you in prayer this day. Father, having heard your word through the music, Father, having heard your word throughout the week, having heard your word this day, Father, help us to seek out the things that build us up and draw us closer to you. Father, help us to put aside those things that honestly damage and, and kill our relationship with you. Father, I pray that if somebody here does not know you as Lord and Savior, that today would be the day that they would come, that now would be the time that they'd accept you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name.
this is, you guys can have a seat for a minute. Um, this is the have you reads for this week. So you can take a look at that. We start in Romans now. We finished up Ephesians. So I want to do a couple things here. We're going to say goodbye to the online audience. We'll do this in-house. Okay. All right. So uh, 